Welcome, Pathfinders, to Find the Path Podcast Actual Play of the Mummy's Mask Adventure Path. Now with an Ooh. extra helping of insanity. Woohoo! <laughs> no, not woohoo! Oh. It's bad! Oh. Boo! Uh, I suppose to launch back into things, when last we left our heroes, the doorkeepers are still inside of the Crypt of Air, bypass the uh, the trap on the the deathbed of the Nethesham, uh, at which point the party had explored the furthest down portion of the various chambers off of the central chamber, the central circular, almost silo, at the very center of the pyramid. This being the Hall of the Ibis Prince, where they found the burial place of Hakatep's son, Hakmothis. Having decided not to uh, disturb the body of Hakmothis, they then traveled up to the the last of the uh, four platforms that they were able to see, which was the highest up one. Upon landing, they had found a stone, uh, much akin to the ones that they'd had to bypass to get into each area. This one seemingly requiring some sort of mask or mask-like design to be placed upon it. Uh, the party had then subsequently decided to no, cutting their way deep into the uh, the stone after turning it to flesh. Mm-hmm. Still gross. Still gross. Still a little gross. So gross, but you know what? It it was working. Right. Up <laughs> it was working until, until the symbol attacked. I mean, technically, it's still working even as the it symbol works. attacked. <laughs> it worked just fine. Just uh, unforeseen repercussions of it working, I suppose. No one ever expects the symbol of insanity. I mean, there's always a little part of me that expects it, but um, then I get complacent and I stop expecting it, like, as much as usual. Uh, yeah, you guys managed to cleave your way deep into the side of the stone block as Masika had gone off towards the side, plugged her ears, and hummed softly to herself. Yeah, because it's real gross. Which ended up being a genius maneuver. Well, at the very least, you're averting yeah. your gaze. Uh, at which point, the uh, the symbol of insanity inside of the block had activated. And uh, I believe it required a will save from the party, and I believe out of the uh, the four over there, Sudi, Citra, Two, and Hollis, only Sudi successfully saved. Yep. So, it's going to yeah. be a problem when they all attack me. Oh, it's much worse than you think it is. Oh, gosh. <laughs> oh, gosh. So I'm supposed we'll go ahead and just uh, launch into things now, shall we? I don't like it. And I don't want to deal with it. Let me go ahead and uh, queue up a little sirenscape here. Sirenscape. Don't stone to flesh the pyramid. <laughs> I knew this was a bad idea. To be fair, not a single one of us thought it was going to be this bad. I just thought it was going to be gross. I didn't think it was going to be a trap. As a rule, everything here is a trap. I mean, That's yeah. That's true. And it wouldn't have mattered if I disintegrated it either, which wouldn't have been gross, but would have still triggered this because that's also transmutation. Apparently, that yes. is true. So let's go ahead and get some initiative from the party. Oh, okay. I guess this is good. <laughs> you Low guess? is good for, for you. <laughs> so Hollis Starkweather. Hollis rolls a 10 for a 17. Sudi Kantar. Sudi rolls a 7 for a 13. Good, Fair good. Masika of the Beckon. Masika rolls a 16 for an 18. Okay, should 18. be me. All right. Okay, okay, all right. Citra Nahamra. Everybody roll lower. Uh, well, oh, no. Citra never really rolls great on initiative, and this was no different. I rolled a 3 for a 9. Ouch. That's kind of good, considering everyone yeah. would otherwise be flat-footed. For so. the circumstance, it's great. But how's two going to do? Because I feel Come like he's two. usually pretty high. Uh, two rolls a 15 for a 23. Ah, nuts. Well, hey, there's a se- there's a 75% chance he doesn't attack us. That's true. Nobody's attacked him yet. That is true. It's the best case scenario you can be in right now. All right, buddy. 
So combat begins. Again, as previously stated, all of you stand here inside of this windswept shaft. The crash of thunder reverberating from above you, the flashes of light briefly illuminating the entirety of the circular shaft. Massive in diameter and indeterminate in height and depth. Although you actually believe that you're a short distance below the top of this as you're some 200 something feet up and you don't think that there's much more pyramid left above you. Depth, you have no idea. It's hell walls are made of smooth, unblemished limestones, and clouds roil in the upper reaches of the Great Chamber and form into a circular funnel down the center of this, cutting through all of you with a chill, unceasing wind, which howls mournfully and constantly. Directly above you, the dark, foreboding clouds roiling like a sea, occasionally flashing with light. The huge, dark block of stone, now with a circular area about three feet in diameter of flesh slothing off and drop down across the ground at all of your feet where you've been carving your way through the once solid block of stone just to set the scene there gross right masika kind of perking up as i suppose she uh suddenly sees uh everyone recoiling back and sees this pulsing light from that direction oh hey uh-oh uh oh oh don't worry about it keep looking down the shaft i'll take care of it Okay. <laughs> I'm impervious to a compulsion mind affecting effects. Mm-hmm. So, first off. Oh, two. It's okay. Just babble incoherently, too. Please babble incoherently. Let's roll to see what two does. Or act normally. That's always the best one, but, you know. The extender stumbles back as this flashing light erupts from this fleshy hole carved into the side of this stone, pulsing like a like the beating heart of some sort of abominable creature. Two recoils back from it, hand visibly shaking as he begins to lift it before taking the blade and slicing it across his other arm in one vicious, painful-looking arc. Ouch. As all of you no longer hear him in your brain since he is no longer focusing on his uh, telepathic speech. And so does this in disturbing, utter silence as he has no mouth with which to scream or really even babble at that point. Uh, Unfortunately, doing 1d8 points of damage to himself plus his strength modifier, which is uh, really high despite the fact that he's small sized. Does he get through his own damage reduction? No. (laughs) (laughs) 20 points of damage. Oh my gosh! Uh, which is still enough to actually hurt himself. Wowzers. As his blade slices through blood, splatters to the ground. I imagine Sudi starts looking back at this as he probably doesn't have enough spellcraft to understand that he's looking at a symbol of insanity. As the first Sudi indicator like, that does there's... that thing where he like blinks his eyes and just go, turns back and sees that and goes, Masika, something's wrong. As Tu begins to slice, as Sudi shouts, this is Masika, I imagine you begin to stand. As you look up, Sudi, as you no. actually turn to look at two and then Son look past them. Of a biscuit. It is almost like a spider web of electricity explodes across the ceiling at once. Uh-oh. As if somehow there were some sort of magical contingency on someone bypassing instead of using the proper activation for this door. Uh-oh. For a moment, Sudi Masika, as you look up, you see two figures silhouetted in the storm and lightning. 
after a few moments, you're able to resolve the appearance as it's difficult to initially take in, but you can see now that it is in fact two avian beings. Hmm. Massive birds, enormous in size, you would say with a wingspan on each of them of some 60 feet, as they seem to be circling one another in the top of this, again, this massive chamber, which is itself over 100 feet across. Its feathers the color of the surrounding stormy sky, resemblance enhanced by the lightning that seems to crackle over its body, streaming mainly from its two luminescent eyes that constantly crackle out streams of electricity, like an early 90s Thor comic. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Delightful. They're cool looking. Some red lightning, I like it. I don't like that they're coming after us, but I like them in general. Oh, my. Yes. I've been waiting for an air elemental the whole time we've been in this shaft, so. <laughs> I mean, this might be this might be the closest we're getting. Different than an air elemental, I suppose. Air elemental. As they well, no crackle one likes this. into existence. <laughs> Everyone's insane, and then you get eaten by birds. What a horrible the, way to die. The distant, melodious sounds of bells echoing through the shaft as they appear from thin air. As they appear. Uh-oh. Don't take me away. I need this heal spell to hit me. They both dive down out from the top of the shaft. Let's see. Oh, my. What do you guys have? Uh-oh. Ooh, 120 foot fly speed. All right. Uh oh. Well, so they swoop down, um, looking at the two closest targets, which are going to be Masika Ow. and Hollis. No, friend. Uh-oh. No, no. Don't attack me. That means I have to hit you. I'm going to have to hit a bird with my fist. It's going to be real dumb. <laughs> I go before you. It's fine. If you get flown away, they're about to lightning bolt the shit of us. Oh, well, that's fine. The two figures plunge into the swirling mass of clouds, disappearing entirely into the swirling mass of storm behind you. This is answered a second later as two streams of electricity come out with bird-like shrieks, almost although you cannot see the birds, as if they are shooting lightning from their beaks as they soar into the clouds beyond. Cool. And actually, with their storm sight, they automatically ignore all vision penalties caused ah, cool. by <laughs> weather effects. Great. Of course they do. Great. Of course they do. Great. Uh, so they are shooting this off at Masika and Hollis. I haven't cast protection from energy on anyone because nope. I was like, last time I did that, it went away. Yeah. Uh, well, that's actually a terrible rule, but that is not. Do we need to make some sort of save or is this? Well, first off, Hollis, uh, this is a ranged touch attack. So first off, that is a uh, easily probably hitting Hollis with a 29 for your touch AC. Not as easily as you would think, but yeah, definitely. Flat-footed touch AC, yeah. Oh, flat-footed, yeah. Uh, yeah Masika, sure. that is a 16 to hit you. Oh, I only have a 14 then. Dang. All right, so Hollis, you take 46 points of damage. Half is electricity, half is sonic. Uh, Masika, Aww. you take 52 points of damage. That is a good roll. Jeez. Uh, half of that is electricity, half of that is sonic. Uh-oh. Oh, great. Then I actually take zero damage. There is a crackle of lightning and a peal of thunder as it streaks across the distance. Uh, the thunderous sound of this echoing in your ears as you go blinking away and stumbling free. Uh, fortunately, this is also a single target, so despite the fact that Normer is not at the back, <laughs> he is not hit by the electricity of this. Very good. Well, he was coming down the, the hallway to check on us. Yeah, he was keeping lookout for you people that are like. Oh, 10 that to was our joke at the end of the last that, episode. That was our joke that he was oh, like coming down yeah. to check on us because he was like something's off with them. 
Also, uh, Hollis, don't you have a ring of electricity resistance that you took off yeah, of the big bad? Yeah, I do. It knocked bad? 20 off of it before okay. my absorption. I was just thinking that. I love it. That takes us from there to Masika of the Beckon. All right. Masika's going to cast Mass Heal. Ah, Everybody gets so. 160 hit points back. So, turn, you extend a hand, you call upon this uh, This green radiance flows out as it washes over the party. Narmer, get in the bag. In the bag. <laughs> I mean, Trust me, you want to be in the bag. Yeah, definitely in the bag. Should we just squish through our tunnel? I don't think we've opened it up. Uh, you're not, not finished cutting yet. all the way through. Oh, okay. All right. So what I'm hearing is we need to do emergency surgery. No, I like no, it. Right. I like it very much. <laughs> you didn't react. <laughs> so from Masika, we go to Hall Starkweather. I really don't like these birds. You may make a knowledge arcana if you so wish. You know, I will make a knowledge arcana. Uh, okay, I roll a 13 for a 40. First off, you believe that these are creatures commonly referred to as thunderbirds. Thunderbirds bring here? storm on their wings. In times of drought, they are welcomed with joy and celebration. In other times, they are placated with gifts in hopes that they might leave quickly before flooding begins. When angered, Thunderbirds can call down hurricanes and lay waste to entire villages. So in regions where these birds dwell, many villages maintain extensive rituals designed to appease and honor their local Thunderbirds. Thunderbirds nest near the base of waterfalls where the constant thrum of crashing water prepares the hatchlings for a life in the heart of a storm. Uh, once the chicks have hatched, their parents carry off the offspring to nest in the top of mountains where the young are struck by their first bolts of lightning and learn the mysteries of the storm. It's like, all right, honey, you're going to learn how to use lightning. <laughs> it's basically the Lion King. They hold up the little ba the baby chick. Hollis, oh you may God. ask three questions pertaining towards the Thunderbird. Let's find out Thunderbird defenses. I mean, obviously lightning, right? Uh, they are immune to electricity and sonic. Makes sense. Okay, that releases one of the things I was thinking about doing. And that's it. Well, okay. I love that. Uh, special attacks. Obviously, they can shoot lightning out of their beaks. <laughs> uh, first yeah. off, you are aware that they do have, of course, claws, much like a standard avian and much like a standard avian as far as a, uh, a raptor is concerned, a bird of prey. Uh, they do grab with their claws as part of their claw attack, at which point they'll scoop up individuals and then attack them with their beaks or drop them from great heights, whichever they prefer to do. Oh, mm -hmm. wonderful. So wonderful. they're like shrikes, too. Wonderful. In addition, they have a uh, special ability known as Thunderbolt, where they can uh, fire a ray of thunder and lightning. Mm -hmm. This is a uh, ranged attack. You know that it has a range of approximately 200 feet. In addition to that, they do have a spell-like ability. They can control weather at will. Mm -hmm. Wow. Wonderful. Um, any special qualities? Uh, first off, they do have Storm Sight, which means that uh, they can they ignore can all vision penalties and concealment from weather effects, including those created by magical sources such as fog cloud or obscuring mist and similar spells. It's like they were built for it. They also have a special ability known as Storm Aura. A Thunderbird is constantly surrounded by a hundred foot radius spread of severe winds that blow out from the center, basically the bird itself. Okay. And this area ranged weapons but not siege weapons take a minus four penalty on attack rolls fly checks are made at a minus four penalty exposed flames are extinguished small creatures uh, must make a strength check upon the ground or a fly check to move forward towards the thunderbird while tiny or smaller creatures can be knocked backwards etc etc taking damage currently this is only a concern for two because two is currently small size not for long. Uh, in addition to this, once every 1d4 rounds, a bolt of lightning will strike at a random creature other than the Thunderbird within the area of its storm aura. Oh, boy. Uh, okay. Any other special abilities? 
Uh, no, but you may make me an the planes if you so wish. Oh, heck yeah. I rolled garbage. <laughs> I rolled a three for a 30. In addition to that, the red lightning is not normal. Uh, neither right. is the red tint to its feathers. In fact, you believe that someone has infused these thunderbirds with fiendish energy. Why? Okay. No reason. These are devil thunderbirds. Just to make them a little <laughs> bit more difficult to kill. Just to make them a little bit more difficult for me to have to look up all of the adjustments and apply them on here because they don't do that in the book. Thank you. Uh, so if they're fiendish, uh, what does that mean for them? Since they are fiendish beings and considering their size, you're under the impression that they're probably resistant to cold and fire as well. Okay, well, that changes my calculus again. In addition, you believe that they would probably have a damage reduction against anything that is not good aligned. Like a fiend, sure. Like a fiend does. Okay. Uh, you also believe that they would have spell resistance at that point. Although the spell resistance would not be nearly as potent as that of a fiend. Okay, this is... Oh, I sorry. Lastly, they are also larger than normal, so you think they're advanced template as well. They're real big. Great. <laughs> Again, Paizo, minor, minor beef here. Please do not slap two templates on a creature and then still not give it any other, like, it literally just says advanced fiendish thunderbird and then provides me no other information. <laughs> wow. Wow. Rude. Move. How rude. Drop the ball, Paizo. Uh, editors who cut that stat block for shame, for shame. I mean, there's a lot to keep in this book, so I get it. So anything I can see on this map, I can see, right? I'm seeing if I can see a point that's 80 feet away from me. Technically, you can. Uh, you cannot constantly see it, but due to the flashes of light, which occur once each round, you have a general idea of the layout of everything around you. However, it still does provide full concealment to creatures inside of the storm. Oh, I mean, sure, that's fine. Because they're moving. Uh, Hollis is going to pick an area that's 80 feet away from us and center a sunburst on it. Oh, Because it okay. doesn't do fire damage, it doesn't do sonic, it doesn't do electricity, and it doesn't do cold. And it's a pretty big room. So I guess I'm going to okay. do that. Spell resistant is allowed, so I guess I'm going to roll for spell resistance. Uh, so where exactly are you pinning it on the map? Um, really, I just want to make sure that Masika's not going to get hit by it. So Yes, please. I do not want to be sunbursted. It's an 80-foot radius, so it has to be 80 feet radius. This is away from... 80 feet away minimum. Yeah. I'd probably go for the uh, center as I could make it. And if you put it on the other the end. Yeah, you would basically have to literally put it on the far side of the chamber if it's an 80-foot radius burst. Okay, then yeah. That's and that I'll would do. mean it would end up five feet shy of hitting Masika and the rest of this platform as the far Perfect. side of the room explodes. That's what I'll do. I'll, I'll sunburst the far side of the room. The, the rare case where we're fighting in, inside in a place big enough for a sunburst. I never thought I'd get to use this spell. This is my new... Eighth level spell, so I'm excited about it. All right, yep, it's an 80 foot radius burst. Explodes, uh, explodes silently. Hmm. Yeah, it explodes silently with a globe of searing radiance. All creatures in the globe are blinded and take 66 points of damage. A creature to which sunlight is harmful. Blah blah. blah. Uh, reflex negates the blindness and reduces the damage by half. They're probably pretty agile. It also hurts fungi, mold, oozes, and slimes. What do you get before you roll for your spell resistance? Uh, 16. Plus four, a 20. Yeah, don't bother rolling for it. Oh, great. They don't get really high spell resistance. It's a decent... You, you would ah, have a excellent. chance of felling if you didn't have any spell penetration. Let me put it that oh, way. But okay. with spell yeah. penetration and greater spell penetration, no. I think Masika's in the exact same boat. Cool. I uh, Yeah, so I explode the room. They get reflex saves. All right, reflex saving. The DC is a 26. And they are big birds, so they're probably good at this, but... Eh, one know. on every die. Exactly. Uh, it wasn't a one, but uh, 
So that is a 30 and a 27. They both succeed, so they take 12 points of damage, and I'm grumpy about it. An 8th level spell only does 66 of damage? 66 plus blinded. Um, but blinded is negated. It also does 1d6 per caster level to undead. Yeah, it's really good for undead. Ah. Yeah. Uh, and then um, move action, pull my rod of quicken, and I will quicken resist energy communal sonic. No, electricity on everyone. Yeah, electricity would be better. In yeah. fact, it is 30. It's 10 better than what I have. You should do it anyway. Yeah, I'll go ahead and do it anyway. From Hollis, we go to Sudi Kantar. Sudi looks out at the ever-growing storm, doesn't see anything on account of one eye and also the, the clouds. All right, I uh, don't think we can really fly in that, so I uh, guess I'm no. going to try to cut us an exit. <laughs> okay, um, so I'm going to sunder the wall. So uh, sunder, sunder actions combat maneuver? Uh, yes, although as a four-round action, you can choose to automatically hit. Yeah, I'm going to do that. Since you are attacking an unattended object. All right, uh, in that case, then I roll a three for an 11. Okay. So as soon as you turn and begin chopping back into the wall again, Citra Nahamra. Yeah, I think uh, I'm just going to turn around and join Sudi with that because... <laughs> we cut with more intensity now. I mean, we can't... I can't fly in this storm well, even with all my scrolls and stuff, so... You can't shoot it either because your arrow would just plink it away. It would just blown away, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so... Did you critical the wall? You're sundering the it, wall. though. I don't know if you can critical a wall, but I just rolled a natural 20. If you can crit a wall, I just critted a wall. No, you also can't sneak attack the wall. Unfortunately. Oh Both of us are doing a lot less damage right now. I do have right knowledge now. of, like, some architecture, but not enough to, to really <laughs> jelly splash. Do I know enough about architecture to stab this in a vital point? <laughs> That's, uh... 10 points of regular, 4 points of electricity, and 6 points of fire. Nice. Even 20. So it's cauterizing as I cut. From Citra, we go to 2. Now, first off, he'll start with a strength check because uh, he actually is in the on the ground in the area of this. Be bigger, too. He needs a standard action to big. Uh, he could, however, it is a strength check of... What is the DC on this? Yeah, it's a DC 10 strength check. He already has a 30 strength, so he cannot fail the strength check because he is that robust of a tiny bird man. He is strong. Strong. Strong, and we love him. He'll go ahead and take a five-foot <laughs> steps up alongside Hollis. Narrow his piercing bird-like gaze. Toward the evil. It's a bird fight. He knows they struck from somewhere on the far side of the chamber. Mm-hmm. And he knows where Hollis put her sunburst. Yeah, he'll target the center of the chamber and hope for the best. So, yeah, he extends a hand and drops a holy smite in the center of the chamber. Nice. Because that doesn't do elemental damage. Uh, that also requires a will save. Yes, that's a much better save than mine. There's 24 and a 24. Both of those will save. Dang it. But it does damage. Yep. Ooh, that was a good roll. So uh, that would have been 30 before the save. It's still 15 points of damage as he uh, blasts the center of the chamber. Nice. Explosion of holy energy from two we go to. The avians, they continue to fly and circle as there is a double screech once again, since there is not a recharge time on their ability. Oh, man. That's bullcrap. That's that's unfortunate. Yep. Just a standard action. Uh, So two more bolts of electricity and sonic damage come streaking out. uh, One at Hollis, the other at two. Yeah, that all makes sense. 
So. Not flat-footed now, at least. Or, yeah, flat-footed. Uh, Hollis, I'm looking at a 22 for your touch AC. It does not. Very well. Missing Woo. Hollis's touch AC as it cracks across the ground. That is a 24 to hit two, uh, which will hit two's touch AC. He is impervious to the electricity. He is not impervious, however, to the sonic damage. I know, buddy. Uh, taking 23 points of sonic damage as he uh, recoils back from the blast of that. A thunderous retort clapping through the chamber, taking us from the two of them to Masika of the Beckon. Yeah, I don't really have anything. Yeah, it's a struggle. They didn't have very much cold resistance, right? Yeah, so some amount of resistance. I don't know. All right. Um, really, all I, I, Masika's just going to cast Kona Cold, kind of angling it towards the center of the chamber. Okay, so basically angling it towards the center and catching the uh, eastern side of the room. Yeah, like wherever I think generally they are probably at. Calling upon the power of nature. And armor. Unbeknownst to you, you do catch one of them in this. Reflex save. That might not have done it. Good. Not 1d6. That Um, is a 20. No, that fails. Yay! Huzzah! So, Masika will do 56 points of cold damage. Ow. Nice. Nice. Good hit. That's a good roll. Masika, you chant Antonix in a hand, a blast of cold sears out. For a moment in a flash of lightning, you think you see one of them silhouetted, batting their wings against the frigid air as they stumble back under the onslaught. The rest of you get struck in the face with a gust of, because uh, again, the, the entirety of this room is swirling, so the, the frigid air picks up and suddenly, like, snow comes washing across all of you as you stand in the center of this platform, blowing off the opposite side. That's the end of my turn. Very well. From Masika, we go to Hollis Starkweather. The weather's not quite so stark in here. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Ba-dum-bum. I got Rachel with that one. I, 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 future Rick, put in a little crickets sound there. Nope, no, Sorry, I, I got Rachel. I was just thinking about my life. <laughs> Y'all always make jokes when I'm thinking about my life, and I can never laugh at them because I'm too busy going, is that genius or so stupid? It's a fine line. It, we're in a bit of a desperate it's, it's situation, a so, line. you know. Yeah. Hollis is going to shrug and cast Mirror Image on herself. Smart. Hollis yes. cast Mirror Image as you're fighting yeah. one of the rare creatures in this dungeon thus far that does not have true sing. Which means we could also just be invisible. Oh, good point. Wouldn't solve the problem for later. I don't know how we're going to kill these things. But anyway, there are eight Hollises. All right. From Hollis, we go to Sudi Kantar. Does it feel like we're getting anywhere through this wall? Like... How much have we cut through, I guess, is my question. I mean, when you activated the symbol, you were 50% of the way through the wall. I mean, we're going to have to fight them regardless, so might as well try to figure out. (sighs) Yeah. All right. Uh, Yeah, I don't have another option than to just fly into this mess. They are birds, though. They're not very smart. I want a way to make them show themselves, because that would solve a lot of problems for us. Well, they're not even causing this storm. The storm is already here. Also, Thunderbirds are magical beasts. Hollis would be aware that they have above human intelligence. Oh, okay. Yep. They're not rocks, which are actually animals. Mm. Yeah. Um, okay, Sudi is going to... They can talk. Use they a can standard... Talk. A- yeah. Uh, uh, Sudi's going to use a standard action to activate his winged boots. Tiny little wings sprout off of your ankles. Yep. I'm going to do like Hermes and just fly out um, 60 feet... Um, and use a swift action to uh, enlarge myself. So, Sudi, you take off flying. 
uh, enlarge yourself as you do. Hollis, I imagine you just watch as Sudi goes bolting past uh, between you and two before leaping out. Uh, tiny little wings on his feet, kicking in as he does the uh, as he leaps into the air, enlarges to double his size, and then Big soars away now. into the uh, the darkness as you watch him disappear into the clouds. Sudi, you fly out only about ten feet past the platform before the first beak comes streaking out of the clouds Sweet. at you as you provoke Great. an attack of opportunity. Yeah, they can see you. Uh huh. Well, there are, no, that means that they're there. Like, yeah. Which means I should be able to see them, I think. Uh, no, as uh, gargantuan sized creatures, oh. they have a 20 foot reach. Oh, th- that's right. They're huge. They're just pecking out at you. Like chickens mm-hmm. on a worm. Yep, like an angry chicken, a beak comes shooting out of the darkness at you with a 31. You are flat footed since it does have full concealment yep, from you. That hits me. Striking you for 19 points of damage before your damage reduction as the huh, beak that's, digs that's into way your less side. Damage. <laughs> uh, you can tell that the attack came from ahead of you and to your left as you soar off into the sky. So I will veer towards where the attack was to try to get to where I'm base to base with that creature. Uh, as you plunge through the clouds, you eventually. Uh, there's basically a flash of lightning that seems to continue too long as you approach towards the clouds before you see a pair of sparking eyes of electricity over a beak that is just a shade darker than the surrounding storm. As you close in, the creature spreads its wings, again, a 60-foot-wide wingspan that almost seems to encompass you as it spreads out across the chamber as it kind of banks and brings up its legs to uh, to threaten. So he just looks up at it. Don't suppose we can talk about this! It screeches. Something in a whistling tone that that vaguely oh, reminds you of, of talking it, to some that. invisible stalkers in a library a lifetime you ago. Don't, you don't, I you can don't speak suppose it. they speak Terran, do you? We're friends with those guys. Yep. <laughs> Masika, over the sound of the storm, you distantly hear, just doing my job. <laughs> you have free will, God. man. But I am now, like, within vis- visual range of them. Yeah, you do have a, a visual on the creature as it looms up over you. I mean, I, I could try shouting over the storm, but nobody's going to hear me. Let's be real. Taking us from Sudi to Citra Nahamra. Oh, well, Sudi, I do need a uh, flight check from you since you are in the okay. storm. Okay. Okay, that is a 15 for a 21. That's with all the modifiers for your boots. and. Uh, that's with the minus four penalty. Uh, actually, since you are large size, you are no longer considered to be checked by this. Um, so I apologize. You that actually was... don't even have to make a fly check because you have so much you mass. I told you I fly in this. So. Nice. Being large for the win. Yeah. Large and in charge. From Sudi, we go to Citra Nahumra. Well, since Sudi has uh, abandoned the uh, flesh-cutting cause, uh, I will... Uh, reach, or snap my fingers and put away one of my kukris, reach okay. into my handy haversack and pull okay. out a one of my last two scrolls of fly. Very well. Uh, you think. chant and tone, cast this yeah. as you're done, just kind of release. The paper whips away into the sw- into the storm, flying off into the cloud. Hit Sudi in his other eye. Why, why do you hate me so? Uh, I roll a 17 and get a 36. A 36 will succeed to uh, activate to the scroll. That brings us to two. As a standard action, two explodes to his full 15 feet in height. Yay! Spreads his titanic wings of his own, which blaze with fiery light before launching himself off the platform and into the storm. 
And directly into Sudi. <laughs> yeah, he bangs hard when he sees Sudi. A beat comes shooting out of the darkness in the opposite direction. As he begins to bank wide around Sudi. However, yeah, a 24 will not hit uh, even the Exender's flat foot lacy as it grazes off of his uh, his hardened flesh <laughs> to then turns hard and flies off immediately to the side. Uh, still close enough for Masika to vaguely make out his position as she can see the wide beating wings of fire somewhere in the storm ahead as two seems to have honed in on some creature. From two, uh, which that is his turn, it brings us to the avians. The first one will... So technically the Thunderbolt is actually, even though it's not spellcasting, it's considered a ranged attack. So it would provoke an attack of opportunity if you try to use it. Haha. So we'll worked, instead maybe. go for, yeah, it'll just go a, uh, a claw claw bite. Okay. So this first one's going up against two. A 29 will hit two since he is now huge size. Follows that up with a 34, which will hit two. Follows that up with a 36, which will hit two. Dang. They have rend, probably. They're sharp little little dudes, aren't they? However, considering two size, they're not going to try to grab him. Not in the air. So it's 17 first points of damage with the first hit. It is uh, 18 points of damage with the second hit. Wow, these guys are sharp. They are sharps. And follows that up with uh, 15 points of damage with the last hit. That's actually two's hurting kind of hard from that. The other one will pull up and full out attack at Sudi. Okay. That is a 28 for the first attack. Miss. A 31 for the second attack. Hit. And a 39 for the third. That's a hit. That is a threat. I have a 40% immunity to critical hits and sneak attack. Uh, it might actually pay off for you this time. That is a 30 to confirm, but only an 11 to get through that percentile. Well, if it makes you feel better, that wouldn't have confirmed either, so. Ah, well, there you go. Huzzah! It makes me feel nothing. Uh, so wow. <laughs> just empty. Uh, so the first hit is for 19. And the second hit is for 17 points of damage as the claws and beak rip into you. Thank you, DR5. Bypassed as by they, good. <laughs> as they screech loudly. It's a good thing that uh, two didn't get confused and stab Sudi. I know, because that, I, that <laughs> was worrying oh, to me. Man. I was like, he will cut right through my damage reduction. <laughs> Masika of the Beckon. All right, Masika is going to activate her flying hex and fly out into this uh, storm. Okay. You hover up off the ground. You go flying off. Go ahead and make your flight check. Yeah, it's a crazy penalty. All right, I roll a perfect 20 for a 26. Nice. Okay. All right. Nice. There we go. Um, so I'm going to circle, I guess, around. So I wind up in between two and Sudi. The th third square that you move through, you do actually provoke an attack of opportunity. Alrighty. Since they've had their turn again, have their attack of opportunities back. Jerks. They a beak jerks. comes shooting out of the darkness at you. That is a 34 to hit Masika. That only hits me by one. Not very much of Masika's uh, AC it. comes from her armor class. All of it's, or not fr from her dexterity. All of it's armor and crap, so. So but. that is a, a total of 18 points of damage as a beak streaks out of the darkness and slices across Masika as she flies out. And you said two was pretty hurt. Uh, I would say half health. Okay. For all of two's strengths and all the rest of that stuff, he actually doesn't have a ton of hit points. Well, he's got that DR. Yeah, that's, that's what's usually aiding him. All right, so um, 
I'm going to cast a Cure Critical Wounds on him as a swift action, which I can nice. do due to my shaman, life shaman thing, a number of times Spare. equal to my charisma modifier for my last level up. Um, nice. 16th level. Nice. I get a 42 to cast that on the defensive. <laughs> yep, that will beat the DC 23. All right. And since my healing spells don't cap out, he gets 38 po hit points back. Very nice. Excellent. Oh, yeah. Infusing two with positive energy. And that's the end of my turn. Hollis Starkweather. Hollis sighs and turns around and flips through a spell book using a standard action for magical epiphany to prepare echolocation. Okay. <laughs> oh my god, could you imagine? I'm not how getting base to base one of one of these birds. That's a terrible plan for it's Hollis. Gotta be so chaotic though if you're doing everything by sound and there's lightning going off everywhere. I checked all the rules for storms and echolocation and nothing says it interferes with echolocation. So no, I, I wouldn't like, assume okay. that it would, because you're emitting a sound of a frequency so high yeah. that, that, it, that it cuts through all that. Yeah, that it's not audible to anyone else. I imagine you would still take the perception penalty to listen checks and all the rest of that stuff to hear creatures, but it doesn't interfere or cause, like, concealment or anything from echolocation. Exactly. So anyway, so that's my standard action. All right. So you pull I'm out your spellbook. about increasing the sensitivity of your ears to be able to hear that frequency. Move action. I imagine Hollis kind of turns to put her back to the storm and, like, looks through her spellbook as best she can, <laughs> like, huddled up trying to page through this. Um, and then, uh, you know, move action, I'll put my rod of quicken away. Okay. I drop it, but it's blow away. Yeah, I was yep. going to say, is that yeah. spent or? No, but I want my wand of haste, so... I, I, ah, I don't want to lose my rod. So it's a whole thing. And that's my whole well. turn. Wands and rods and staves. Oh, my. I got a lot of things going <laughs> on. From Hollis, we go to Sudi Kontar. I don't like storms. Uh, I will uh, flurry of blows, full out attack. Um, I am going to start with a stunning strike because they're alive. Yes, they are. They are technically they are alive. What you're telling me is there's a chance that I knock them out of the sky. There's technically right, a chance. There's a chance. Oh, perfect 20, baby! Hey! Nice. Perfect oh, 20 man. will automatically hit threat. Roll to confirm, as they can be critical as well. Yeah. Uh, probably not. That's a four for a 29. A 29 will critical your target as your fist yes! slams home into the center of the avian chest as it goes, like, arching up to bring its claws to bear and ripping into you. You basically just lash out with one punch and slam it in the ribs. That's 38 points of damage, and I'll need it to make me a reflex save against the Stunning Fist. Is it reflex or fortitude? Or, sorry, fortitude save. Reflex And that there. is a 30 even. Okay, yeah, it saves. I didn't figure it was going to fail, but it was worth a shot. It's a big old bird. Yep. Uh, However, you do attack. still manage to punch it with enough force that you think you've broken at least a few of its ribs as you return. Oh, I should have mentioned back. swift action to go into pummeling style also, so I'm getting through its DR. Okay. Hey, ah. Uh, that is significantly worse. Uh, that is a two for a 27. A 27 will not strike your foe. Yeah. Okay, third attack, 13 for a 33. A 33 will hit. And I apologize, I'm going to go ahead and give it to you on the first one because I forgot to remind you on that. Uh, you do have a 20% mischance. Oh. So I roll a 31. Okay. Mischance. So that will hit your target. Okay, I do 14 points of damage. All that's getting through the DR now. Okay, fourth attack. Uh, 43 to get through the mischance. That is probably not going to hit. 24? 24 will not strike your foe. Yep. Okay, so their they're, uh, AC is like 25, 26, 27. Um, then I'll use a key point to get an extra attack. All right. 
at my highest VAB. You focus, lash out with a fist. I miss because it's a six, and uh, also because I rolled a three. Ouch. <laughs> Double miss. Also because I rolled a three. <laughs> you do manage a telling hit with that first punch, and a good follow-up following that, as there's this uh, meaty thunk sound as your fists are slamming into it, and you can only imagine uh, your bare fist against its hollow bones, uh, how effective they may be. Yep. From well, fighting Sudi, doesn't do well with bird type. <laughs> we're not playing Pokemon. <laughs> I'm strong. Also, I'm flying also. like fighting rock or fighting ground or whatever, whichever one's effective against flying. Mm. From Sudi, we go to Citra Nahumbra. Rock, probably, because birds and stones, there's a whole thing. Uh, all right. Phase two of Citra's plan to get into the fight. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to. I understand this. <laughs> I'm going to reach into my handy haversack, pull out my scroll of greater invisibility, and cast greater invisibility. Oh, right. these guys don't have true seeing. They don't. That is technically correct. Stab the bejesus. The best out kind of, them. of correct. All right. I rolled a uh, uh, 13, which gets me a 32. A 32 will succeed. So Citra reaches your bag, casty casts, and then blips out of ex- well, not out of existence, but blips out of sight. <laughs> Hollis gives you a thumbs up. Yeah, five foot step remaining if you'd like to take it. I would like to, like, five foot step <laughs> next to Hollis, who's the only one who could see me. <laughs> okay. She's getting ready to, like, dive off. <laughs> I'm getting ready to see some stuff, so we're both getting ready. From there we go to two. All right, two. Suplex. Uh, two does not need to fly <laughs> since he is so massive. Uh, we'll instead just go ahead and uh, grab a, uh, a two-handed grip on that uh, that kopesh of his and start swinging away. Swing for the fences. Nice. Gets to the mischance, so we're going to start with a... Uh, he has power attacking. Very good. Cool, cool. So starts with a 36, which will strike his target. Follows that up with a 29, which will strike his target. Unfortunately, that's a natural one for his last swing, which will automatically miss. Oh! That's 38 points of damage for his first hit. Nice. Dang. And 35 points of damage for a second as they just go slamming into this thing. That's what you get for stabbing me with your beak. From there, we go to the creature. That was not pleasant. Mm-hmm. So the first one, uh, Banks flying out, provoking attack of opportunity for two. He'll go ahead and take it. That gets through the mischance, and that is a 40 to hit, which is a nice. threat. Nice. Get him. And that is a confirmed critical hit with a 33. Nice. Yes. Cut him down. He's still power attacking, too. Yep. For 81 (laughs) points of damage as the Kopesh whips around, cleaving, unbeknownst to any of the rest of you, through the bird as he cuts it in half. Oh, my goodness. What would Masika have to do for two just to, like, come hang out with the Beckon? Like, you know, forever. It's very expensive. (laughs) Or bind him. That's the good way to get away around paying people. Well, I'm not going to bind him. That's just rude. That's just inhumane. It's true. Maybe we can negotiate some sort of long-term contract. (laughs) The other one flies out, provoking a type of opportunity from Sudi. All right. 84 gets to the mischance. Natural one on the die. Dang it. Well, automatically miss your target. If that yep. isn't classic Jordan luck, I don't know what it is. is. Yep. A, lot of, a lot of 20s and a lot of 1s in this fight. Yep. Sells out, as he does so, a uh, a blast of electricity and sonic streaks out of the darkness at Sudi. That is a 
25 to hit your flat-footed touch. Yeah, now that hits. Ooh, that was a crappy roll. So Good. that's 34 points of damage. Uh, 17 points of damage is electricity. The other 17 is sonic. Okay, so I knock off the electricity entirely, and then I have 17 sonic. Yep, that was a poor roll. Sometimes Boo-hoo, it happens. Boo-hoo, Rick. Boo-hoo. Sometimes yeah, it happens. I don't feel anything about that. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't, feel, I don't feel anything about that. <laughs> Masika of the Beckon. All right, Masika's going to start moving south. Masika bravely leading 15, the charge. 15, 20, 25, nothing yet. Nope. 30, all right. You have, uh, do you have 60 feet of fly like everybody else? Yeah. Yeah. So that's 45 there and nope. nothing. All right. Let's do 50, 55, and 60. Nope. All right. That's the end of my turn. I'm not double moving. <laughs> <laughs> uh, regardless, you are still going to have to make me a fly check because you are still flying. Because you are still bitty. Uh, I roll a 16 for a 22. Okay. Masika's going to ready to cast Umble Strike if this bird comes within visual range of her. Nice. Nice. From Masika, we go to Hollis Starkweather. All right. Hollis is going to cast Echolocation on herself. Okay. Doesn't have the longest range. It's only got a 40-foot range. Hollis is going to step to the edge of the platform and look out. Do I see anything? Except for my friends. Nope. You do not sense anything with your Echolocation. Hmm. All right. That's pretty much what I want to do. All right. I don't want to just fly out there and be food. <laughs> That's from Hollis, job. we go to Sudikantar. All right. Uh, where did I get struck from? Uh, it seemed to have been directly south. Okay. So Sudi's going to... I don't see him in my radius. Y'all don't know where I am. <laughs> I don't know where you are. 10, 15, 20, 25, 30, 35, 40, 45, 50. I haven't hit him. I haven't seen him yet, right? Nope. That makes me nervous. Did we just scare it off where it literally it ran away from us? It either went way up above us or down below us, I bet yeah. you. Because we're just doing vertical lines. Uh, 55, 60. Um, yeah, Sudi will fly back to where Masika and two were. So basically just like, you know, cup his hands, one of which is still holding that scimitar towards two. I don't think it's still here. I think it's either up or down. You go down or go up? All right. And that's the end of Sudi's turn. Citra Nahumra. I guess I would have told Citra I don't see it in the 40 feet I can see from here, so somewhere not there. Yeah, you're the yeah, only I'm one that can sure see Citra you. right now. Yeah. The storm is mighty inconvenient, y'all. Uh, Citra's gonna... It's almost like a monster in its element. Yeah, I feel like... <laughs> right? Two seems to be able to hold his own, so I'm gonna fly up with Sudi. Okay. He doesn't know that, but I'm flying up to join Sudi. <laughs> Well, Sudi is right now so on you, the you, plane, you arrive right? in time to hear, you go up, I'll go down. <laughs> yeah, so I start going up. <laughs> okay. So uh, how far are you flying? Well, first off, go ahead and make your flight check uh, at the beginning of your turn. <laughs> well, I rolled a natural 20, so I think whatever it was nice. is going to be fine. 26 minus 4, 22. Okay. So, Citra, you take off flying. Where are you flying to? Just kind of in an upwardly direction. Up, uh, upwardly. Uh, upwardly direction. Uh, I mean, you can shoot straight up right now if you want as your first move and fly up to the ceiling, which is 30 feet above. Oh, so I can see to the ceiling, so I know that they're not up there. Well, I don't want to shoot straight up. I want to kind of go up and out so that I'm more in the storm. So 30 feet up, 60 feet out? Sure. So Citra, you take off into the air. You fly your way forward, taking us from Citra to two. 
I believe uh, two is also going up, or is he going down? Actually, no, I had it backwards. He said he'd go up. I'm going to go down. Well, Citra wanted to go where Sudi was going. Okay, then we'll reverse it, and two goes down. I'll go up. Okay, that's going to make it a way easier than going back to revisit the entirety of yeah. Citra's turn. Exactly, she has a lot that's, more to what do. I, that's why I'm like, let's just go with what Citra's turn was. Okay, so two's like, I'll go up, you go down, and Sudi's like, okay, and then he starts flying up, and two's like, eh, just shrugs and starts diving. <laughs> It's a chaotic situation, y'all. We're getting, like, shot by lightning bolts and stuff. I hate like, vertical flights. Or vertical vertical flights. combat. Like, aerial combat is some of the most frustrating and difficult stuff. So oh, since two, Since two does occupy 15 feet up and down as well, he'll descend down 15 feet. So the top of his square, basically, his cube, is level with the plane he was on and soar down. Does a quick little circuit. Technically, he'll double move, so he'll go ahead and descend down again. Because when he double moves, he has a movement speed of 180 feet. Nice. Impressive. So two circles, bringing us to the avian. So, you know, Suda, you begin to ascend up. Masika, you're flying down on your level. Uh, for a moment, Masika, you see one of the flaming wings of two kind of shoot past you in the darkness as he's flying along somewhere in here as well. Eep. Citra, you stare down, seeing kind of a glow. It's almost like a fire in the sky, except for the sky is beneath you as you see through the clouds and see this flaming movement somewhere below. Uh, distantly hear Sudi's shouting. There's a slight whining noise in your ears, which is uh, Hollis making eeping noises like a dolphin. Hey, <laughs> unless you're a bat or also using echolocation, you can't hear my beeps. You can't hear Stir. my beeps. <laughs> is that the new you can't understand me? You can't hear my beeps. Citra, as you wow. look up, a being of storm and shadow and lightning comes streaking out of the darkness at you. Well, However, okay. you after a second realize it's not at you. Um, as you are invisible, you may allow it to move through your square because it's actually literally moving through your square. Oh, you're like, oh, as it cannot see you. Oh, can you she stab it? You may I take mean, the attack of opportunity as it passes if you so get wish. Get that sneak attack. Uh, I would. Oh, this is just <laughs> delightful. As he is also right. circling around with the level of the ceiling. <laughs> okay, I roll a 13 again. 13 apparently is my lucky number tonight. Yes. There you um, go. So that gives that me a 33. A 33 will strike your flat-footed foe as your blade Yay! lashes up Sneak out of the darkness attack. and cuts into it. <laughs> okay. Sneak attack. Um, so immune to electricity, not immune to fire? Resist to fire. Resistant to fire. So probably not enough for me to get through it. You though. cannot do enough to get through its fire. Okay, so I will just uh, for forgo that. Normal sneaks. Normal sneaks. Can your sneaks hamper them? Can you make them like have less speed? Uh, yes, actually, I can. Yeah, that might so be good. I could do that instead of bewildering or disorienting for once. <laughs> that was one of the worst rolls I've ever wor rolled in my life. No, <laughs> don't uh, say things like that. It's really bad. There are six ones right here. You don't have those things to let you reroll your ones. Yeah, you I, taking know, that I almost trick? took that too, and I didn't. Oh, I, see, right. when I played a rogue, I took that, paid off in dividends. <laughs> There's a higher level one that I think lets you reroll twos roll as well. Twos, pretty cool. yep. It's amazing for those of us who have bad dice luck. All right, so all of that for 24 points of damage, which I think is the lowest sneak attack roll I've ever hey, done, even with lower dice. Hey, but you can do other stuff too. Um, and I shall... I'm going to hamper it, uh, which okay. I think is always funny because I put hammered on my sheet, not it's hampered, which I think is yes. funnier. Um, so Very I just well. leave it. Okay. I believe it reduces it in half. And then are you doing nice. a bewildered or disoriented for your other? Well, we haven't really had a problem hitting these, so I'm going to disorient and make them harder to hit us. So minus two for yep. everyone else, minus eight toward me. 
Oh, okay. dang. And you're invisible. And you're invisible. And invisible so. <laughs> so you lash out your blade slicing into, in essence, as you bring your arm up, slicing right into the joint where its wing meets its body as its one wing falters for a second. It beats its wings as hard as possible to maintain its altitude as you've now reduced its speed in half. It continues selling. Uh, Hollis, you are aware that it is nearly directly over you uh, with your echolocation. Although with its size, it is directly over you, but about 15 feet over your head. You believe you're actually within its reach. Hollis uh, is Because again, like, uh, it also takes up a fi- 15 feet up. It, however, will turn and a uh, blast of thunder and lightning will streak from its beak, slicing across the distance straight at the rogue that dared stab it in the back as he flew by. <laughs> I did. Well, uh, well, that's a 76 to get through the mischance. However, Uh-oh. with the minus eight penalty on this roll because of your debilitation, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, that is 15 to hit your touch AC. <laughs> it's it's going to be a no. Yeah. <laughs> the bolt streaks across the distance, slicing past Citra. Um, he was unaware that he's taking a minus eight penalty. Minus eight is so ridiculous. I love it. And it's great. <laughs> Amazing. High level play. Rogues, man. I was going to say, I just got that too. So. I've never understood why people thought rogues weren't great. They're so great. Well, I am playing an Well, unchained the Unchained rogue. rogue is an improvement. I yeah. thought the regular still, rogues were still, still pretty great. good. I thought, yeah. yeah, I thought regular rogue was fine too. I that will takes say us it's, to, it's because it, it is so dependent sometimes on another person. That's it is true. Yeah, you have to have a good group. Yeah. yeah. But it's a team game, so. You know, got that. Yeah, but not everyone's a team element. player. Mm, that true. brings us to Masika of the Beckon. Uh, you did just feel blood rain down all over you as Citra stabbed this thing over your head somewhere. <laughs> well, that's Bloody fine. Bloody rain. Bloody yeah. rain. Alrighty. Oh, also, I apologize because this was the round that lightning strikes somebody. Can it do enough to injure any of us? Yes, if I roll well enough. Okay. And oh. you don't make your reflex save. However, that is going against Sudi Kontar, so I'll need a reflex save from Sudi. Okay. Because it actually does more damage than the lightning bolt spell. Wow, oh, nice. Lot of damage. I, yeah, but good luck, because I rolled a 13, which gets me a... Uh, that's 29, 32. 32 will succeed. And so with your evasion, evasion. a fork of lightning streaks through the clouds, uh, narrowly missing you, because it's safe. This is actually ask the very question, high. How the heck do monks train to dodge lightning bolts? With uh, like, what does that even look there's like? There's a sorceress on hand just zapping it. You, you go out into the like, lightning storms. You go and out you into the storm them. and you're like, hit me! And you hold like this big old rod up and just you like. You go out to into the lightning plane and then you have to dodge it 99 times to get your ultimate weapon. <laughs> Masika of Which the Which is apparently the ability to literally dodge lightning bolts. Uh, <laughs> no, it's some cool mis- staff or another. I, I can't remember what. What was Lulu? It's Lulu's ultimate weapon. It's so cool. Was that the one was just a tiny doll of herself? Because she used weird voodoo dolls? Yeah, I think it might be the one that was her. It's her ultimate weapon. Um, All right, so I'm going to do kind of a spiral uh, so I can start heading upwards. So So, uh, go ahead and roll me your fly, by the way, because you're actually supposed to roll that at the beginning of your turn, and I always forget. Uh, I roll a 17 for a 23. 23 will succeed. So I need to go up and around, kind of doing a spiral up since I I was got a nice blood shower. You know, okay. like you do. What's a little What's a little blood dropped on each other between friends? Ugh. Gross. Bloodborne pathogens. Ugh. Yeah. Yeah. Is there a bird? Uh, not within your range of sight. 
Does two hear us when we speak telepathically to him? Or does he just yeah, speak into our the, brains? He has the telepathic connection open. Uh, so blood poured down from above. I'm pretty sure that's not normal here. No. <laughs> uh, Masika's going to ready the action to cast Umbral Strike if the bird comes within uh, range of her and end her turn there. Uh, everyone with the exception of Hollis here is in their minds. Masika believes it's somewhere up closer to the ceiling. Hollis is outside of his 100-foot range for his telepathy. From Masika, Hollis Starkweather. It's like right above me, right? Yeah, it's uh, 15 feet above you and five feet off to the right. Uh, Hollis definitely is like, it's right here, <laughs> y'all. Okay, she shouts so out into the storm. I don't love that, but I'm going to cast on the defensive, which I don't think I even need to roll for a first level spell. Probably not. <laughs> I'm just going to cast a magic missile because I can see it, target it. Okay, with you cast magic missile at the darkness. Yep, for 20 points of damage. That's a good missile. Indeed. Yes. You have its attention. Don't love that. I'm going to five foot step back. <laughs> you retreat a little bit. And I will pull my wand of haste. Retrieve your wand. Taking us from Hollis. Yeah, anyone that wishes to may make me a perception roll uh, with a minus eight penalty. Which was a lot of... Range. It's right here. If two is yeah, closer, Masika, he can hear me. Masika here squat, so... Mm. Uh, so I get a 36 to hear her. Uh, don't think I'm going to get that. That's a 20. Uh, I get a negative two. So, <laughs> so is no Citra uh, twenty even with the minus eight. A twenty still allows you to hear someone yelling from a range of two hundred feet oh, at pinpoint okay. where they are. <laughs> Sudi Kantar. Uh, okay, so Sudi, I guess, heard her be like, "It's right above me, y'all," um, and is going <laughs> to. I uh, basically end up continuing his movement and just go like, uh, what would that end up being? Like fifteen feet forward, fifteen feet up would let me actually get to the point where I'm hitting it. Yes. It will take the attack of opportunity as you close. Yep, go ahead. Lashing out with its beak, it attempts to score you with a 34. Yep, that hits. Striking you for 24 points of damage as the beak digs into your shoulder as you ascend up towards it. Wait, 19 points? Of, no, 24, so 19. Okay, got it. Did that right. Uh, okay, that gets me in range of it. Um, is that... So, I'm going to... <laughs> I'm going to give it one good punch. Um, I am going to also try to stunning strike it because why not? All right. Never enough alive stuff for me to ever use this on anyway. Here we go. A 34 gets through the mischance. I roll a four for a 29. A 29 will strike your target. Uh, He does manage a fortitude save of 33. Okay, he's fine. That's fine. The DC is only 23. It's like stupid low because I'm not a high level monk. I mean, it'd be really good against a wizard or something like that if you guys fought yeah. a lot of yep. living wizards or anything. <laughs> yeah. Actually, no. Even as a monk, it would only be a 23. Um, anyway, that is 17 points of damage. You lightly injure it. Damage reduction. You need that full yep. attack. And and not being able to get my key strikes. From Sudi Kantar, we go to Citra Nahamra. I would like to fly toward the creature. Uh, I'm up toward the ceiling, but I think he's a little lower than me. Uh, he's at level with the ceiling. The top of his square is at level with the ceiling. Oh, okay. The bottom of his he's square is 15 feet down because uh, he's so I big. I would like to just close in and then stab him. You soar across the distance, diving to the attack. Alrighty. That would be it. And you're still invisible. I am still invisible. I rolled an 18 for a 38, which is a threat. Oh. A 38 nice. will hit threat. Roll to confirm. 
I do not think a 23 will confirm. A 23? It's flat-footed. Will not confirm against your flat-footed foe. Ow. It's a lot of natural armor in there. Unfortunately. I'm still getting a sneak attack, though, so it's... So you have a 20% mischance. Oh, do I need to roll that real quick? I should have had you roll that last time. I rolled an 82. Woohoo! 82 will get through. Okay. Sneak attack! Unfortunately, as an unchained rogue, unless it has full concealment, I don't think you lose your sneak attack. There's always something with a unchained and a non-unchained rogue. That would be 35 points of damage. Your blade skewers through the side of this thing's neck as the blade slices free blood splatters. Hollis, this avian form crashes Ah! across the side of the platform before skidding in its own blood and plummeting off down, down, down into the darkness below so far that you don't even hear this elephant-sized bird's impact once it hits the ground. There's also a giant storm going on. I imagine with some difficulty, you will uh, get back to the platform. Yes. Yes. The platform is now covered in blood and flesh. Yep. All righty. Well, then I guess we continue chopping at the flesh. Ew. Uh, two will have anyone queue up that needs some yeah. healing. Yeah. I was about to say, Masika forms the queue. <laughs> Masika leads the queue, you mean? <laughs> Jumps to the front of the queue. Okay. Well, I have lots of effects with timers, so I need to know how long we spend doing the queue. I mean, I'm down almost 100 hit points, so. So if two is healing that up and you're down 100 hit points, it's going to take a full minute for Sudi, probably about a minute for everyone else. Masika's only down like 19 hit points, so I mean, hers will just be, yeah. He's down a bunch, though, isn't he? Two's not down too far anymore. He's down a decent bit, but uh, Masika managed to heal him up quite a bit. But while he's healing, we can also be cutting through the wall, so. Uh, Carving your way through the flesh of the wall, uh, it takes another... Yeah, right about two and a half minutes. So say that it's been about five minutes or so for all of you to get back to the platform land. Ready yourselves. Be extra careful as we continue our surgical precision of the flesh. Yeah, because we have the electricity stuff. I have a mirror image and and now I have echolocation. So it's like, oh, God, now I have to do math. (laughs) You settle down before we I suppose before we get to you guys carving through everything. Um, I'm assuming that all of you were basically not looking in the direction of the symbol of the sanity during that fight. And plus, once you were more than five feet away from it on the platform, you couldn't see it anymore. Yeah. Or once you were more than 10 feet away from it on the platform, you couldn't see it anymore. Uh, The symbol of insanity is still going. Great. Everyone close your eyes. (laughs) (laughs) As far as Hollis is concerned, Hollis can also would be aware that she can also walk straight up to it. Uh, you have to save once when you're within the area of effect, and as long as you don't leave the area of effect like everyone else did, oh, um, I can just you're walk still okay. count as your original save. Yeah. So technically, Hollis can also go up there and cut it free. Narma and I will remove it and throw it over the edge. Very well. So yeah, with some time, uh, Hollis, you can cut free the uh, the symbol, basically having this uh, this blob of fat with this you know magical rune glowing on it before you Gross. sling it over the side. Uh, very bloodborne of you. <laughs> exercise the wound. You guys got so much insight and you didn't use it. Excise the wound, not exercise. You cut steadily through it. And with some time and effort, Citra, Sudi, you managed to carve your way through. Sudi will return the flesh-coated scimitar to Hollis. All right. Very well. I'll put it in the sheath. Clean that first. first. I don't know. No, you should really clean it first. It can get stuck. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't drawn it in, like, years. Well, no, you drew it not too long ago to provide I a flesh for Citra. I thought it was a spell component for you. <laughs> oh, yeah, I do offer it to people. Yeah, I suppose then uh, Sudi's taking point? Or Citra yep. going first? Okay. Uh, I mean, Sudi's usually goes first, and then Citra's well, right as long behind as him with the trap spotter. Because traps are everywhere in this dang place. 
Yeah. Yep. So the lot of you queue up, two shrinks down, make your way forward. You have to go through this tunnel single file. Mm. And again, it is like climbing into a sewer pipe of flesh. Gross. Says so the surrounding walls and everything <laughs> else are still climbing into the uh, the An veins esophagus. of a massive creature. The We're like Jonah the magic the school bus. Yes. Yes. No, like it's a not. Horrifying, it, no. Horrifying version of the magic school bus. <laughs> hey, you got to cope with it somehow. It's true. It's true. You climb inside the uh, this flesh tunnel, this orifice in the side of the the stone. Wiggle your way forward. Reach the far side. You know, again, Suda, you've cut this like this slash through here. So you just kind of. Kill back the uh, the flesh on the We're opposite side. We're all bursting side. out of it. It's horrifying. Yep. Oh, like a, God. I was thinking a little, I think since I saw it recently, I was thinking Stranger Things or whatever it is, where there's that like film over the gates oh, between yeah, the walls. Oh, yeah, Stranger Things also yeah. kind of yeah. burst out and you're all gooey. Blech. I don't want to be gooey. And eventually, Quick break step free into a room beyond. The chamber is large. Paintings of falcon-headed humanoids face one another on this chamber's floor, and elaborate murals of birds in flight decorate the surrounding walls. The paintings on the floor oddly reminding you of the now three-foot-tall two standing at the back of the group, although done in much larger portions like you would normally be. Although you don't think that they're actually cinders, they do not have flaming wings. Mm. Off towards your right and left in the eastern and western wings of the chamber, you see tall statues of owl-headed humanoids standing at attention with long spears. One off towards the right, off towards the east, bears a solar disc atop his head. The one off towards the left in the west bears a lunar disc. In a niche opposite of the door that you've entered, the tunnel that you've entered, stands a sizable crystal pyramid of pure emerald pulsing with light, surrounded with glowing motes of light, light, like you have seen from the crystal pyramids, the control pyramids, that you have found three, this you assume being the fourth. Sweet. Near it is an oddly positioned pillar, lined with hieroglyphs in a vertical column, although blank spaces suggest that it could be unfinished or have more hieroglyphs added to what you can only assume to be another one of the Scribner's pyramids. Mm. Scrivener's Pillars. You have a few moments to take all of this in. And get Before out of the general tunnel. jumps us, yeah. Hey, bud. Before, from off towards your side, a figure slinks from the shadows. Ooh, slinks. The being is perhaps at its shoulder, some seven feet in height. And from its head mm-hmm. to its haunches, perhaps the better part of some nearly 12 feet with a long feline-like tail of bone coming off of its rear. The entirety of the being is covered in bandages over every surface of its mummified flesh. Its face appears to be that of a humanoid were it not completely covered in the bandage wrappings, although it is split along its mouth to reveal its almost hybrid of human and feline teeth. And around its eyes, where you can see two glowing green motes, one each from inside of its eye sockets. 
a pair of black feathered wings, perfectly preserved, stretch off of its shoulders as it strides out into the room. And we'll pick it up here next time. Undead mummified sphinx would be sad. Well, maybe we can answer a riddle or these riddles three. Yeah, maybe we can answer a riddle. That would be nice. Riddle me this. Riddle fight. Riddle fight. How many licks does it take to get to the center of this? Three. Find the Path Ventures is an officially licensed partner of Paizo Incorporated. Mummy's Mask is copyright 2014. Mummy's Mask and the Pathfinder Adventure Path are trademarks of Paizo. All Pathfinder images are property of Paizo and are used with permission.